Hey gang, Melissa Hanalt here with the Burnout to All Out podcast. I'm a mom of three corporate burnout that built a secondary six-figure income around my nine-to-five with little kids. This set me free and allowed me to fire my boss and pursue my wildest dreams. It took grit, persistence, and belief. But now, operating multiple six-figure businesses as an online entrepreneur and business coach, I have become a serial entrepreneur with a passion to inspire more burnouts to take the leap and go all out and live out their dreams. Each week, I'll bring you inspiring all-out guests, lifestyle business tips and tools to empower you to take the leap from burnout employee to all-out entrepreneur, making your passion your paycheck. If this mom of three corporate burnout can go all out, so can you. All right, gang, if you are looking to up the ante in your presentation skills, you are definitely going to want to take a listen to Jordan who is quite the expert in presentation skills and such a fun interview and really hearing also not only how to up your ante with your presentation skills, but hear her inspirational story of walking out of her attorney gig, going to school, sound familiar, going to school, getting a professional degree and realizing that it just wasn't fueling her fire and taking a hard right and launching her own business in presentation skills. So check it out. You'll want to be, you will be inspired by her pivot and educated by her knowledge. All right, guys, I am so excited for this episode today. I have got my friend Jordan here. We were just trying to figure out exactly how we even came to become friends on the social media world, but we feel like we are like sisters of another mother. There's a lot of common threads. I'm excited, selfishly, to interview Jordan myself today to learn more about her, but also to gather some incredible nuggets from her with her expertise in speaking and who doesn't need advice on having more effective speaking, right? You know, I'm, I'm constantly telling people these days that especially in the midst of quarantine, that if you don't have a stage presence about yourself, you're obsolete, right? You, on, you have to be able to present virtually online wherever you are right now, right? So guys, real quickly, I'm so excited about our guest, Jordan. She's the founder and president of SpeakWell, which transforms people into masters of communication. As a public speaking coach, communications consultant, motivational speaker, lawyer, and award-winning actor, Jordan's multi-tiered story is unconventional in the most inspiring way. And she's just getting started. So I'm excited, Jordan, to unpack this today. So welcome to the Burnout to All Out podcast. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you so very much for having me. I'm very, very excited to be here. Yes. Oh my gosh. So multi-layered. I want to unpack some of these layers. I love to just jump right in. (laughs) So, you know, this podcast is all about like going from that burnout state to living all out your best life. And we were just talking about how grateful you are and full of gratitude you are that you're able to like do like live your dream and do it from home in quarantine up in Toronto right now, right? Yep. I'm based in Toronto. Take us back to life before working for yourself, right? Like take us back to the sure. free entrepreneur, Jordan, free nine, like, <laughs> free doing what you want to do, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it wasn't that long ago. 2020 was a year of changes and surprises for so many reasons, but it was also the year that I left my corporate job in the middle of COVID, actually. So I was working at a law firm. It was the second law firm that I had worked at. And truly, it it had an amazing culture, amazing people, amazing work. There was really nothing bad that I could say about what it is to work there for what it is. That said, I had this gnawing, almost itchy feeling, even from the very moment that I had started there, even the very moment that I started law school so many years ago, that I saw it as a springboard and definitely wanted to give my time at the law firm my all and invite and welcome the chance to really love it and fall in love with it. But remembering that if it didn't click and if I wasn't absolutely obsessed with what I was doing and waking up every day excited to get to the office and to do the work and the lifestyle as well, then I would make the change. So I stuck to my promise and had a a bunch of people in my circle holding me accountable to that. And that is what led me to eventually make the decision to run SpeakWell full-time. So SpeakWell, I started it in 2012, but it had always been my side hustle and was always waiting to give myself permission to pursue it full-time. And after I felt like I had put my time into the corporate world, I finally had the confidence, the guts, and the experience behind me to do my own thing. Wow. So I, I can't say that I was suffering through burnout for too, too long, but I did. I went to law school. I went to business school and I started off in the legal field, but giving myself a very firm deadline of, okay, if by this time I'm not absolutely obsessed, madly in love with my career, it's time to make a change. Wow. Okay. So this is incredible. What I would love to, to really kind of dig into here. It sounds like you already kind of had the mindset for pretty early on that if I'm not loving what I'm doing, I'm moving on. Was there, was there ever a time of struggle mentally with the fact that you'd spent this time and money on this title and profession and what were others going to think? Like, did you ever have to work through those demons along with your own demons of your own self-perception of like, I've spent all this time and money and on this and I'm like taking a hard right, even though I've like spent blood, sweat and tears and money on this. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like it would be super abnormal if I didn't have those little voices in my head saying, what are you doing? What are you giving up? I will say though, that as a matter of reframing that I see those experiences and those qualifications as, sure, the most obvious and direct application of them is practicing something like corporate law. But that said, my background and my experience has also given me a little bit of a toolkit that I'm able to channel into what I do now. So the way that a lawyer thinks, the way the way that a lawyer questions, the way that a lawyer is able to articulate their thoughts and present ideas in a very clear, concise and coherent manner translates directly to what I do at SpeakWell every single day. So even though I think that a law degree has become a little bit more malleable and people have a little bit more comfort now using that degree towards something else than maybe it was thought of in the past. But absolutely, I did have questions of reputation, of the jump to entrepreneurship, 
lawyers are very risk averse people, generally speaking. Like you go to a lot of people go to law school because they don't know what else they want to do. I definitely felt that my move was calculated and I owed it to myself to give it to give what I wanted to do a try. But I would be lying to you if if I had said that I didn't have those questions and those doubts. And they don't ever go away completely, but you kind of it gives you not negative nerves. I think it actually just motivates you to work harder and do better and make whatever you set your mind to a massive success because that's the only way to do it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Let's talk about resistance. Did you experience any resistance? I want to talk about the people you surrounded yourself with in a minute, but what did you have any resistance from anyone close to you as you were making the decision? Cause you know, we talked just did a podcast on this that sometimes even the closest people to us like us just the way that we are like, or like they like the normal that's normal for them. Right. And they don't want you to rock the boat. Did you experience any resistance from anyone around you? not just your own internal struggle, but was there anyone around you that was giving you resistance that you had to manage? Mm -hmm. So I'll let you into, I guess, my board of directors. We call it J-Bod for Jordy's board of directors or Jordan's board of directors. (laughs) And it's primarily family and close people that I trust and who bring a diverse range of experiences to the table. So I definitely had a couple people on there who I would say it wasn't resistance or pushback but more so caution. And it came from a desire to protect me from probably whatever, like rejection in the outside world, fending for yourself and doing things on your own, not having the reputation associated with people that are working in the corporate world and the potential for the potential for failures. But then again, when I look deeper, I think that those, those cautionary notes come from preconceived notions of what success means and very square in the box traditional ideas of what it means to be successful. I don't think that that resistance or caution came from anything bad. It was more just what, how the world has been to date, but we're living in a different time and balancing their concerns with the realities and the opportunities that exist in front of us is, is up to you. So yeah, it's a matter of surrounding yourself with diverse perspectives, which is why I feel so lucky that I was able to tap into various ideas and mindsets and people with different experiences. And honestly, also it's at various ages, because it's, it's ironic. I found that some of the older people in my circle, and I'm talking a borderline elderly, they have wisdom, they have the benefit of time, and they're able to look back on their lives and say what they wish they had done or the things that they would have regretted. So even though they may have a traditional idea of what success means, they also have uh, very strong morals and ideas about what you should do to live a happy, holistic, fulfilling life. Because if if they're towards the tail end of it, and I'm at the very beginning, and they see me and someone in my position as full of opportunity with the chance to charter your own path, that was very valuable to me. Yeah, ah, so good. And I I agree with you. I think balance and mentorship is so important. I was just talking about this to my team the other day. For me, I I have, um, are you in, do you have any business coaches or like, are you invested in any like mastermind or anything like that? I have in, yeah. the, in the past yeah, yeah. for sure. So I've, I've got two business coaches and they couldn't be more different. 
right? And it's great <laughs> because I get to land somewhere in the middle, right? And I think that's so important is that you value everyone's perspective, but then you are uniquely you, right? Totally. It's the same with doctors. You have to get a second opinion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and before they prescribe you what to do. Right. And the same goes for all elements of health. And I, I think a major part of that is beyond doctors and business coaching, it's what you're going to do next. So yeah. I love that. Okay. Very relevant. Yeah. So one more thing around this, and then I'd love to kind of dive into your zone of genius. And that is that circle. So you talked about creating a circle to hold you accountable which I think is so smart, you know, taking, I don't know who these people were, if they were part of your board of directors or not, but um, <laughs> having these, this like sharing your goals with some inner circle, like what did that look like for you? So that my listeners who are thinking about setting a goal, thinking about this audacious dream, like how did you go about selecting who was going to hold you accountable to what you were doing? What did that look like? It really comes down to people you trust and people that genuinely have your best interest in mind. So for me, a, a few of those people include my, my partner, my mom, my dad, my sister, my brother, one of my aunts who's also a lawyer and who doesn't practice anymore. So I found that also a, a fresh perspective, very relevant one. And my grandparents, close family friends. And sometimes I would ask, I would honestly hold a Zoom meeting of the people that I love and care about so that we could all chat about this at the same time. Or pre-COVID, it would be sitting around the kitchen table. But other times, it's those one-on-one -on -one conversations that, that really strike something within you. And I remember talking to my partner and ask, he was saying, what are you going to learn by staying in this job that would apply to your next venture? And if the answer is nothing, and if you can't get, I don't know, a stronger network out of it or develop skills that are directly applicable or extremely relevant to whatever you're going to do next, you really got me to think about, okay, what is the point? Like there is an opportunity cost here by staying where you are. You're prolonging your desire to move forward with what you want to do. And he's works in private equity. He's very much immersed in the professional <laughs> corporate field. So that was super relevant. And then you talk to someone else, like I was mentioning someone who is maybe older than 70 years old, and they offered a different perspective, but still lent itself to the same result of doing what I wanted to do. And for very, very good reasons. As someone who has had legal training, I had every logical and emotional reason lined up for, for deciding to pursue Speak Well full time. And I don't know if that, I know I, I went on a bit, I rambled. But you asked about selecting people to be in your inner circle and what all of those people have in common. The common denominator is having a genuine interest in my well-being, happiness, fulfillment in my life. Yeah, that's awesome. People you can trust and that trust you. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the risk, I guess, you take with asking people that either don't know you super well or aren't your greatest advocates even if they're the stars in their field, they often want to tell you to do things that they do or that they did because they think that their way is the right way. For example, perhaps if I had asked a lawyer that was a partner at a law firm and who I trusted, respected, I wonder, and I, and I didn't do this, but I wonder if they would have said, you know, you should, you should stick with it because a lot of people have that bias. They've known you your whole life or they sincerely care about you. I can't say for certain, but it's definitely a thing where, where people have these biases towards whatever it is that they did. 
Absolutely. For sure. For sure. Okay. So speaking of speak well, you made the leap and you've started this business and you are an expert in public speaking, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, and you're also an actress. Yeah. So I grew up acting in films and television and it was awesome. I won't say that I don't miss it. I mean, right now I'd say productions are basically on hold as a result of COVID, but I loved it. There was, there was a rule. I was only able to do one film or one television show a year because my parents wanted me to be in school full time, but it was amazing. And I'd say that it has really, really helped me excel at doing what I do now because so much of it is emotionally rooted, connecting with audiences, really getting into making people see what's on the inside. And I would say that my experience and training as an actor has been really, really helpful for speak well. So to answer your question, yes. <laughs> and awesome. lots of, lots of movies and fun awards and nominations and stuff like that behind me. So it's a, it's a really special part of my past. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it lends credibility for what you do now. So you, you leaped into your coaching business so now you are, you're coaching virtually from home, right? Tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about your business now. Everything is virtual right now. I'd say it's a healthy combination of one-on-one -on -one private coaching for people that want that special attention, me being super hands-on, perhaps they don't feel as comfortable in a group, group coaching, and lots of corporate workshops. So organizations will hire me to come in and give give a 90 minute workshop, a half day workshop, a full day workshop, whatever it might be on a challenge that they have that communication tactics can help to solve. So maybe it's pitching, maybe it's telling your story, maybe it's being better at commanding the screen, like being better at hosting virtual meetings and having an executive presence online. Maybe it's a startup that they're really trying to put their pitch together and I help them really sell their product or service. There's no end to <laughs> diverse range of clients that I help serve. And it ranges from to students, to executives, like CEOs, COOs, to really large companies like wow. Sick Kids Foundation, Macmillan Publishers. How did, know, how did you know this was your calling? How did this pull you from being an attorney? Like, how did you know? When did you know that this was a calling for you? A long time ago. So I mentioned that I started Speak Well in 2012. I was in college at the time and I started doing it sort of voluntarily for people that were trying to get into med school, people that were trying to get jobs, trying to get internships and really needed to sell themselves and pitch themselves. And ultimately it, it evolved into a side business. So I was always doing it. And my background one in acting and two in competitive debating and public speaking when I was younger. At one point I represented Canada across the world at various public speaking competitions. That's so cool. So I was <laughs> so I was and I was trained by also incredible coaches. So I feel like I had the best, the best sort of education in this very niche field. I, I knew that it was something that I wanted to help others excel at. I would watch television and get frustrated when people weren't doing a great job or when I would watch my friends not get jobs that I knew that they really wanted, probably as a result of them not doing a great job in the interview. If they made it that far, it's really just selling what people have already seen on paper. So 
I felt this element of frustration, also knew that I had this this talent and a very long-standing background and experience in the field. And if I saw this problem, I knew that I wanted to solve it for the market around me. And then now, as a result of everything being virtual, with as many people as possible in various locations. Awesome. So, so cool. So cool. My audience, we talked about this before we went live, but I've got a lot of social sellers. I've got a lot of people who are professionals in a nine to five, but they're trying to pitch a business online virtually. And I'd love for you to maybe just unpack some core concepts for them that you think could really help them be more effective, maybe pitching themselves or telling their story. I think storytelling is huge, but given your expertise and kind of knowing my audience, what, what can you just educate them on this afternoon? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the first thing I'll say is I think it's so cool that you're, you're having me on here to talk to your people because this is almost like step one. This is the foundation. I'd say that this is an absolutely vital skill. Like you will not succeed if you are not able to really sell yourself effectively because you can be the smartest person in the world. You can have the best product, which has so much promise. But if you're not able to sell it and translate that for the world to to hear it, to feel it, to get as excited about it as you probably are on the inside, then it doesn't matter. You really, really need that baseline of public speaking and communication effectiveness to find success in whatever your next move is. So I'd say understanding that as a concept alone is really important because a lot of people forget about it. A lot of people, even at the senior level, have egos that prevent them from from understanding and really appreciating that fact. So I'd say you, listener, as a young or uh, as an entrepreneur who's early in your professional development of whatever your next move is, have an advantage of understanding that getting this skill set from day one is truly essential to your next move. So that's step one. Step two, I, I have something is something called the speak well system, which is basically a formula. It's a program that I walk people through when they enroll in coaching with me, whether privately for a long period of time, or if they just book a few sessions, but it's a number of factors that come together to make you a master of communication. And the exponent of the formula is mindset. So that means that if your mindset is zero, you don't have the mindset, then everything else basically is zero. So I'd say mindset is the first thing that we really have to work on because sometimes when it comes to selling yourself, it's the stories that you tell tell yourself about who you are, what you're bringing to the world that stops people from landing the deal. And there are many ways to overcome that sort of imposter syndrome, but I think people should continue to learn from their surroundings, be inspired by their favorite public speakers. And before giving a pitch or telling your story, engage in some version of a visualization exercise where you close your eyes and you imagine the best possible way for this to go for you. It's almost like a pump up or an internal warm up before giving that pitch or sharing that story. You're way more likely to live that reality once you've already envisioned it in your mind. So I love the visualization exercises and there are lots of other ones along the way, but you're really your mindset. It shows in the way that you deliver your content. So in terms of what you say, maybe you'll undersell yourself because you don't 
believe that you're qualified or something like that. It'll show up in your delivery, in your pitch, your tone, your pace, your volume. So mindset is mindset is the foundation. It's the soil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we get into a lot of other stuff after that, but it, it, it becomes one thing builds on the other, a little bit like math. Like you have to learn how to add before you can multiply. Yeah. And it's, it's so true though. And I love what you're saying. And it's so relevant because right now we're in the middle of what we call a launch for my own program. And it's funny because, you know, a lot of people have a lot of great programs and content, but to your point, if you don't know how to pitch yourself, you're not going to be effective. And And I see it in this mastermind that I'm in right now, where there's certain people who have phenomenal programs, phenomenal value, but they're not getting great success with the sales. And I think you really hit the nail on the head with the mindset piece and how it impacts your actual pitch and tone and everything. Um, It's just really timely that you're saying this because not to like pat my own back, but we've had a really good week, right? And one of a couple of my girlfriends were saying, or even my team was saying, it's your energy. Energy is infectious. How you show up on screen can be the smartest person in the world and completely be able to change someone's life. But if your energy and affect is just not there, you know, are you engaging enough? So I I love what you're saying about that. There's days, and I don't know if you feel this way, but there's days where you don't feel like being on screen, where you're tired, (laughs) right? And my mm-hmm. team is like, oh, you're like to this week, my launch, they're like, oh, your energy is so high, even though I've actually not felt so great the past couple of days. But to your point, it's that mindset. I'm so glad you're hitting on this because do you have a ritual before you go live? Because I know I do personally, like I know even if my energy's in the dumps, if I can't pick it up and raise the roof, the, the presentation's not going to be successful. doesn't matter how I feel. I, I have this game to get myself hyped up before I get on, on screen. What about you? Can you speak to routines or anything that you coach you on that? Oh, for sure. I definitely, I, there's, I have a, I have a whole section on this in my program as well. Like we literally spend two entire sessions making your mindset robust and basically unshakable, unbreakable so that you can walk into any situation and thrive. One is, again, the visualization exercise that I mentioned. Another one is sometimes I like to write a letter to myself or I have one that you can kind of just look at before you before you get on stage or before you get on a sales call or before whatever whatever it is it might be. Reminding yourself of all the things that you've done in the past that have led you to where you are to empower you to do your next one. Like there are so, so many things that I can guarantee whoever is listening to this, you've done that you didn't think was were going to be possible. And lo and behold, here you are. I'd say reminding yourself of everything you've accomplished to date is huge. I love listening to some of my favorite speakers or whoever it might be in your field. Maybe you're, you do crochet listening to someone like that. If you're a singer listening to singers that inspire you, if you're a life coach, maybe watching some YouTube videos of Tony Robbins or something like that. But it's really motivating, really inspiring, really empowering. And that's if that's what you seek to emulate, then it'll it'll trickle down and you'll give off that same energy and that same vibe. Another one is there's a catch and release mechanism that I that I advise people that have a lot of self-doubt to employ where you come across a negative thought or something that might bring you down and you kind of just catch it. And by sort of objectifying the thought, it becomes very 
it becomes a lot easier to let go of it. So you, you let it go. You literally just throw it away. And there are a bunch of other mindset hacks and mindset tools that I advise my clients to use. But just, Melissa, to your point about energy, it, it's, it's hard for other people to get excited about your product or your service if you're not excited about it. Really working on that. And it's, it's something that I, I would say takes constant effort. But once you've got it, you've got it. And recognizing that nerves are a good thing is also super important. I think a really obvious example of that is athletes. Like I imagine what an athlete tells themselves before they do an Olympic race. And of course their heart is probably about to come out of their chest. It's beating so hard, but recognizing that those nerves are what make you excel. They're, they're not things that are supposed to hold you back. They, they, they drive your success is, is great. It's just reconceptualizing what nerves really are. And they make you alert. They make you really reactive. They make you very, very motivated. And they're, without them, it would be kind of weird. Like you wouldn't have the energy. So yeah, it's so say thank true. you to your nerves. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. In my previous life, life as a corporate professional, I, I led a team of medical scientists who presented clinical data to key experts in the field, in the medical field. And they're, they'd be shaking in their boots because they're the ones that are supposed to actually educate the experts on data in the field. And so these healthcare providers, doctors and PhDs that I would coach and train with their nerves would be just completely, uh, they could know their information, you know, backwards and forwards, but they were intimidated and their nerves were just racking them when speaking to these thought leaders. And it's that pattern interrupt and reminding them, yeah, they're thought leaders, but you actually know this data from this company that they've never seen before. Like you, it's kind of reframing and then channeling that energy. Like you said, a little bit of nerves means you're putting some healthy pressure on yourself to show up and to perform. So what about like actual like physical movements? So I know for me, like my routine, right before I'm about to do something big, I'll do headstands. I don't even know what it is. Like I love yoga. So I like did a couple of headstands today, right before I went live for my live launch. And I'll listen to like really hypey music and like do like a little dance party just to get my energy like through the roof. I've seen Tony Robbins. He like jumps on a trampoline, right? Like is there yeah. any physical <laughs> that you coach to? Yeah, absolutely. That's also super important from my acting days. Really getting your body moving is, is key and being able, because a lot, that's how you get your voice warmed up. I mean, I, I don't encourage like yelling or screaming or anything beforehand, but definitely getting in the tone and the melody of how you'll sound as well as how you'll move. So for example, if you're giving a presentation, I, I assume this is an audio recording, so people won't be able to see me, but just getting familiar with how you want to use your arms to express yourself. Because if you, if you don't do that beforehand, and then you start doing it during the real presentation, it'll seem maybe a little bit on that inauthentic or uncomfortable or unfamiliar. But if you familiarize yourself with what you what you hope to be doing on stage already from the get-go, whether that's really animated facial expressions or using your body language in a in a very specific way, that's key because it's kind of like a version of practice and getting your body warmed up for what's ahead. The same way that a singer needs to warm up their voice before performing a concert, the same way that a dancer needs to warm up their body before doing a routine. Speaking uh, is definitely not singing, it's not acting, and it's not dancing, but you still have to have that powerful, magnetic, executive presence. So getting familiar with those moves beforehand 
is is totally important. And if, for you, if if you want to shake off your nerves by having a little dance party or start feeling yourself by doing your makeup in the mirror right before and just feeling really, really good about what's about to happen as opposed to traumatized or terrified. And when I said traumatized, I meant like maybe about a past event or something and terrified about what's coming up. It's making sure that you walk in there unshakable, unstoppable, full of energy, and that you really like and would want to listen to the person that's about to go on or yeah. that's about to give a pitch. So for sure, there are physical embodiments of that as well as the whole mental aspect that we discussed earlier. Yeah, so good. Now, we talk about this in my academy. My students all have to create a video. They have to produce a opportunity video about their business. And it's funny because some of them know their stuff so well. And then they, you go back and watch the video and they have, that's like the number one piece of feedback is like, you, you weren't excited. You were so nervous that the camera was on you and like, but it's just a camera. There's not even other people on the other side. It's just a camera, but being very well. I love that you do that. That's great. Yeah. Well, and it's like just being aware of your tone and your energy and like, if you're going to record a video of yourself where you're not smiling and your affect is pretty flat and you're so nervous, like people aren't going to want to join you on that venture, right? So it's really good self-reflection, right? To like produce that video and then watch yourself and be like, wow, I would totally, you know? Yeah, I actually, you know what? I have a piece of homework for everyone listening. Yeah. Listen to your phone voicemail. Oh. And if you don't like the way that you sound or that you wouldn't want to actually have a conversation with that person, re-record it. Bring the energy, the professionalism, the enthusiasm, or the character, whether even if that character is super serious, do it again. That's like a really easy way to think critically about the way that you sound and the way that the world perceives you and rewrite it. And maybe it'll get you to start to think about how you sound and how you present yourself to the public. Because I can tell you, a lot of people have heard that voicemail before. Yeah. And it's important that the way you present yourself is the way that you want to be perceived. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, these are just, these have just been wonderful, wonderful nuggets, Jordan. Any final thoughts or comments on like from my, from my audience perspective before we kind of jump into where people can find you and what you've got going on right now? Any final, anything additional sure. you have to say? Well, I, I think I, I would keep in mind that it is never too late to do what you love even if you're just dipping your toe into the deep end and to do it as a little bit of a sidekick before you give it your all, that's, that's okay. You need to be ready and you need to feel ready in order to take that next step. I would say that when you are getting ready, obviously I'm biased, but putting a strong focus on the way that you present yourself and communicate is super important because even when you're in an elevator with someone and they ask you, Oh, what are you, what are you doing next? Or, Maybe you're in line at an event or you're, uh, I don't know, waiting in line at the bathroom or something. You're going to have a million and one chances to, to pitch your story and whatever it is your next venture is, uh, whatever your next venture is. But make sure that you get it right. Like have a really great way, an exciting way of, of selling that to the world. And communication strategy is a huge part of it. Mindset is a huge part of it. Those things are also strongly intertwined. But I just can't overstate the importance of communication skills because that's that's what it boils down to. That's marketing. That's word of mouth. That's the heartbeat of of your business. Knowing what to say and how to say it is crucial before and during your next step. 
Yeah. So good. So good. And I think that it's understated sometimes, you know, I think that sometimes people don't really even realize how important it is, but it's so critical. Well, where can folks find you and what do you have? Do you have any programs going on right now? Like what's going on in your world? Yeah. So I'm finally accepting some one-on-one clients for the rest of the year. So that's private coaching and we'll hopefully be launching a group coaching, uh, a group coaching program in the near future. Of course, I'm always excited when a new company or corporation contacts me to run a workshop for them. And it's always custom built to their needs and it'll always exceed their expectations. And that is primarily it. I'd say the one-on-one group coaching and corporate workshops are basically what I, what I am up to these days. And I guess whatever I have in the works, (laughs) can't, I, I can't talk about it yet, but there's, there's obviously a lot going on at speak well. In terms of where you can find me, because I would love to hear from you, even if you just have a question or you want to say hi or you want to follow along with what I'm up to and the types of people and organizations that I'm helping. One place is LinkedIn, of course. My name is Jordan Benatar, J-O-R-D-Y-N-B-E-N-A-T-T-A-R. And then there's also a SpeakWell LinkedIn page where you can follow everything that SpeakWell has going on. Facebook, it's at SpeakWell Coaching. And my email, if you ever want to just pop in and say hi, it's jordan at speakwellnow.ca. And my website is www.speakwellnow.ca. And my Instagram is at SpeakWell. And honestly, nothing makes me happier than hearing from strangers who are passionate about or interested in hearing a little bit about public speaking tactics and how it can help you succeed in anything that you do. So please don't be shy. I encourage it. I sort of have an open door policy. Would love to hear from you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jordan. It was great to have this interview with you. And maybe we'll have to have you inside the Academy do a little bit of work with uh, with speaking. Maybe you can help some folks out with their presentations. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. All right. Thank, thank you. you for having me today. It's been yes. so much fun. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Burnout to All Out podcast. For free resources, materials, or information on my coaching services, go ahead over to livethefreelife.co. That's livethefreelife.co. Or check out our Facebook community at Burnout to All Out. And make sure you follow Burnout to All Out on Spotify and subscribe to iTunes. And it would truly mean the world to me if you paused for just a second gave me that five-star review of the show and be sure to share this episode with any burnouts you think would be inspired to go all out after hearing this episode.